could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, you just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And that's from Arthur C. Clarke. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brigitte Gia, and today's theme is the gift of technology. And I'm Jovan Hundle. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. Be The Star You Are has launched Operation Disaster Relief. We need your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. Please donate today at BeTheStarYouAre.org. And you can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. All right, so today we're here with Express Yourself team reporter Jack Palakos, perfectly tying together two magical T words, tech and trends, in his segment, Trends Without Ends. Hi, Jack. Hello. Uh, I'm Jack Palacos, and this is my segment, Trends Without Ends, and I'm happy to be back. Uh, today on Trends Without Ends, I'm going to be talking about the trends that are going on in technology. Technology just keeps advancing, and with advancing, uh, it means that it's getting more interesting, it's getting faster, more innovative, and it offers more options. For instance, the iPhone has had eight models and has now come out with Model X. The Model X has some souped-up features, like facial recognition, a more sleek, futuristic design, better graphics, and an emoji, which is basically an animated emoji of your face. Of course, these fantastic features do come with a pretty large price tag, as the new phone costs over $1,000. But although smartphones are very great and we love them, they're not the only thing that's going on in technology currently. So today, I'm going to be bringing up some of the pretty unique things that are predicted for technology. First off, I'm going to start about talking. Talk, I'm going to start talking about cars. It's predicted that cars are eventually going to become crash-proof. Um, this is going to be made possible by using radar, sonar, and driver alert systems, which will all be integrated into vehicles, so that crashing becomes pretty much obsolete. That'll be awesome, considering that ca- crashes alone kill over thirty thousand people in the United States. Next, we have wearable implants. These gadgets are already available on a minor extent and will become far more mainstream in the near future. They're going to provide the ability to have health problems monitored as they're happening, so that way it'll be easier to stop cancer, heart problems, and prevent diabetes. And those are just to name a few of the health issues that it's going to be able to help stop. And I know everyone has heard of virtual reality, or most people have at least, um, but a new reality addition is called augmented reality. Augmented reality is basically where a device takes an image and it projects it into our world as a three-dimensional figure so you can interact with images in real life, which is pretty cool. Wow, that's absolutely awesome. I Yeah, I love like that idea of augmented reality, and I hope it does become a re, you know an actual... Uh, more developed thing in everyday life because we do have virtual reality as you mentioned we we have to we have those like vr goggles and everything but maybe we need to take it a step further and definitely bring out this new idea of augmented reality and so jack um you know you definitely every week you come out here and you bring out these awesome trends and i want to know in relation to technology specifically what is the craziest trend we can expect um, well, one of the uh, trends that I think are pretty crazy um, 
is the new cybersecurity system. So as we know, cybersecurity is a pretty big deal because emails, phones, computers, and pretty much all electronics can be hacked. And oftentimes a lot of personable, personal and very, very valuable information is on your email and phone. And obviously you don't want to get hacked. And a lot of research goes into companies trying to prevent your stuff from getting hacked. And one thing that I think is pretty crazy is that in the future, like rather than passwords and fingerprints and even facial recognition, new security might be able to read people's brainwaves, which apparently this is a unique identifier that can never be duplicated. Therefore, it can never you can never get hacked on your phone or email if it's reading your brainwaves, which are unique to you personally. Um, however, this is just a possibility, and it's not 100% certain if this will happen, but if it does, that would be pretty cool and good for cybersecurity. Oh, absolutely. You know, that makes me think of all these, like, spy movies and heist movies that I would have watched as a young kid, and just amazing to think about how um, you know, that there's a chance that that could actually be a reality in years to come. And so, you know, you've been talking a lot about all these really awesome trends, like, you know, uh, right now, these brainwaves and everything you talked about in your segment. And so are you aware, though, of any, you know, maybe negative trends surfacing in regards to technology? Um, overall, I would say that technology doesn't really have that uh, much of a downside. I mean, Although it, there definitely are some bad things about technology, uh, all of the innovations are definitely making things easier and safer and just makes life overall better. But I'd mm. say one of the biggest problems that comes to mind when I'm thinking about problems in technology is robots um, in technology that can basically do jobs that people used to do. Um, and this can be a problem because people are worrying that robots are going to basically take over their jobs and do them more efficiently. But uh, most companies that are trying to use robots are claiming that uh, they won't let the robots take the people's jobs. They're just using them to, I guess, kind of help out, which is good. And another thing that technology can do that's bad, I guess, is for, I get, uh, for taxi drivers versus Uber Technology is a lot easier for Uber drivers because they uh, simply, the, like the Uber and Lyft drivers can basically, they, they do everything through their phones by getting called and just picking someone up, whereas the taxi driver has to pay for like a licensing fee and actually uh, go through a whole process that Uber drivers and Lyft drivers don't. Yeah, definitely. Where um, I guess because these new technologies are surfacing so fast, there's less of a preventive measure placed on any of them, or less, you know, business restrictions or maybe uh, manufacturing or processing restrictions put on them, and so they do right now have the competitive advantage. And then I also feel like uh, newer technology, especially you mentioned robots. Um, it's, it's a very point source uh, or like a, a big point source in terms of job loss, right? You can point to a robot and say, this is why I got fired, whereas the benefits may be a little less obvious, where if you have a robot manufacturing a lot of goods, the cost of these goods will be cheaper. And maybe a robot is manufacturing toys and the cost of the toys when you get them for your kid for their birthday or something will be a lot cheaper, but you don't notice that. You notice only that the robot is taking away from your job opportunities. So we have that good and bad there. And uh, I'm really glad that Jackie, that you highlighted that. And, you know, I wanted to know in your research uh, for this segment and all of the work that you put into it, is there anything else that you came across that sounded really exciting? Um, well, yeah, uh, I actually, found something that I thought was pretty fascinating called cryptocurrency. Um, one of the most popular forms of <laughs> cryptocurrency is called Bitcoin. Um, and it's basically what it sounds like. It's, it's a way to, I guess, kind of um, turn money um, into a form of currency online. And Bitcoin, when it first came out, uh, this I found, uh, I thought this was extremely interesting. When it first came out, Bitcoin was pretty much worthless. But as of now, a single Bitcoin is worth over $6,000, which I just think is crazy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. That's, that's quite a lot. 
Yeah, and it's so interesting that these sorts of cryptocurrencies, you know, you can even see them accepted now at like stores. I think Japan, a lot of stores accept them and then a lot of online stores as well. And, you know, something I wanted to um, kind of bring up here is when you guys were talking a few minutes ago about how, you know, robots and machines and how they can affect jobs. It reminded me of this quote that my teacher, a history teacher this year always talks about. It's this old Mark Twain quote. Um, that history does not repeat itself, it only rhymes. And so I thought that was an interesting little parallel then, because mm. if you think about something like the Industrial Revolution, where, you know, the factory system came into use. So instead of, you know, maybe like clothes or textiles, um, products that would normally be made at home, now you have factories where machines are helping to make these products. And so that just kind of thought that just kind of got me thinking about how you were talking about and seeing that, you know, that a similar thing can happen now with machines and robots taking over jobs. And so, you know, it just kind of got me back to that quote that history does not repeat itself. It only rhymes. <laughs> and so I think that's perfect for kind of your segment about like trends. So, you know, if it's a sort of trend like history rhyming with itself. So that was an interesting little parallel. What do you think about that, Jack? Um do you think we can kind of see these trends from the past to the present and maybe even the future? Um, I, th- I think that that actually, yeah, I would agree with that, that that can definitely kind of happen. Um, because like you said, in the Industrial Revolution, uh, all the factories and different ways of creating clothing and stuff like that basically made it so that they didn't need nearly as many workers. Um, like, for example, mm-hmm. the cotton gin people, they didn't need nearly as many people having to take out the seeds of cotton and it would go like a lot faster. So they saved a lot of money and time. And I think now with robots, that's basically like a souped up version of the car engine because they're able to like assemble iPhones and stuff that's in really high demand a lot quicker and manufactured a lot quicker. And since robots only do what they're programmed to, they can do it more accurately without making mistakes if they're programmed correctly, which uh, can be worrying for people about losing their jobs and stuff. But I definitely think that it can have, like, a good side to it uh, in terms of help, you know, like helping out, making everything more efficient and cheaper. But that can also have a bad side because people need jobs. Yeah, exactly. You've got that pro pro and con that, um, Jack, you really did a good job of highlighting in, in this segment. And I definitely think there's uh, a lot to be seen from the technological field and new advances in technology. And there's definitely that link between old trends and new ones that are happening in the world today. Well, thank you so much, Jack, for yet another brilliant segment that, you know, they're always so well researched. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, unfortunately, that is all the time that we have. Audience, make sure you support our show in these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more information on how to do this, go to bethestarur.org and follow our blog. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Joven Hundle. Again, audience, please head on over to our website, which is at www.bethestarur.org during the break. And keep listening then for the rest of our lively conversation on the gift of technology. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. 
For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Jovan Hundle, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. And today, we're going to be continuing our exciting discussion on the gift of technology. And I'm Brigitte Gia. In this segment, we're joined with wonderful Express Yourself reporter and Be The Star You Are event coordinator, Chelsea Pelchat, bringing us an installment of her segment, Past Present. Take it away, Chelsea. Hey guys, it's Chelsea, and I'm so glad to be back with yet another addition to my segment, Past Present. For this week's theme, The Gift of Technology, I'll be talking about the history of the iPhone, which is undoubtedly one of the most popular electronic gadgets in our modern world. So it all started back in 2007 when Steve Jobs announced to the world in a Macworld convention that the iPhone was set to launch at the price of $4.99. Its touchscreen navigation, internet accessibility, and ability to download music proved to be wildly popular as it sold 6.1 million units. Then the iPhone 3GS launched with the only big difference being the App Store. But when the iPhone 4 launched, the world was introduced to FaceTime and the iPhone's first front-facing camera. A year later, the 4S introduced Siri, which was Apple's new smart assistant that was able to carry out functions with voice command. But then Apple realized that people wanted a larger screen and a lighter device, which is why they delivered the revolutionary iPhone 5 with the company retaining that exterior design for the 5S and even the SE, which was launched after the iPhone 6. The iPhone 7 had two major advancements, the first being the fact that it's waterproof. You could take it in the pool and if you drop it in the toilet by accident, um, which is actually one of the most common ways that people tend to break their phones, um, it'll still be fine. The second advancement is with the iPhone 7 Plus, and um, it's in it's the and it's the um, in-depth feature for the camera. Since people now use their phones as their primary camera, they valued a good quality one over anything. As you'll probably notice, with each new update came a bigger screen, a longer battery life, and a better camera. Those were the main three points that they knew the general public was looking for, and they never failed to deliver. In fact, the iPhone X, set to launch in two days, is practically just a screen. iPhones are pretty great, but with the great power comes an even greater danger and responsibility. This gadget is so very interesting, and sometimes it can cause you to make the split-second decision to pick up your phone to respond to that text while you're driving, a decision that can and has been responsible for costing many people their lives. And as a side note, in my computer science class, we were talking about algorithms um, that they were designing that were able to determine, like in a car crash, whether or not you survived. And the way that it worked was the computer system would count the number of people in each car. And if it was, you know, one person in car A and a family in car B, they would save car B and sacrifice car A. I mean, there is a moral dispute around this. And We just briefly went over this yesterday during class, but it fascinates me, and so I just thought I'd share it. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it's just a reminder. I know you've probably heard this a million times, but it's important to put away that phone when you're on the road because that text or call can't always wait. Definitely. Um, There there is that overwhelming concern with the the emergence of the iPhone and with smartphones in general that maybe we are too reliant on our phones to uh, regard the dangers that might be around us, especially when we're on the road. Uh, one feature that I do like about the new, I know that uh, the iOS system for the iPhone just updated, and there's this one feature uh, that I really like that's the I'm driving feature. So the phone automatically kind of senses when you're driving uh, based on your location and how fast you're going or your little location dot is going. And it judges based on that whether to send you notifications because it can figure out that you're driving so as to not send you those texts or those calls uh, in order to keep you away from the phone when you're on the road. And so hopefully that is a step in the right direction in solving the problem that you've just brought up. And, you know, um, you've talked about this issue, this big overwhelming concern. But Chelsea, I want to know, you know, in what other ways has the phone maybe affected the way we behave today? 
I mean, it's definitely made us lazier. Like, if you want to talk to someone, you would just tap the screen a couple times, and there you go. That saved you from actually having to walk over to where they are <laughs> just to say something. You know, if you wanted to write something down, you know, forget a pen and paper. Just pull up the Notes app. You know, other apps have been created with the past within the past few years, such as you know, DoorDash and Uber, which have made it so that the world is literally at our fingertips. You know, anything is possible. You can have food delivered to your house from a wide variety of restaurants whenever you want. If you don't want to drive or you can't drive, you can just order an Uber and, you know, your problem solved. All these little things, we never really bother to think about just how much easier life is made with them. You know, essentially, we've become a society that prioritizes the idea of, I want this right here, right now. Every little advancement is to cut the amount of effort you have to expend in your everyday life. You know, things such as the touchscreen home button make it so that you don't have to type in the passcode every time, saving you a couple of seconds. But those couple of seconds have, you know, earned Apple millions of dollars and have earned the general public's approval as those couple of seconds can be spent doing other things. And now on the iPhone 10, you know, you just have to look at the phone and it unlocks for you. That's all it takes. But one of the most important features that um, is oftentimes, oftentimes overlooked is the camera. So like when we go out, we always have our phone and most of the times we leave our actual cameras back home. Remember when, you know, a couple of years back when people would actually use those disposable cameras to take pictures? Oh, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, like when I remember back in 2012 when I went to this One Direction concert, um, I actually brought a little camera um, and like, that's not, I mean, like now, not anymore. I mean, if you see these videos of concerts, you'll see that people are on their phones. It's all phones. And, you know, occasionally that mom who like brings her iPad, but like, <laughs> you know, mostly it's just phones, like phones are the new camera. And so, um, like it's made it possible so that you can pull out your little device out of your back pocket, you know, snap a picture of, of or a video. So that moment will be preserved and like remembered forever and you know the idea that the same device that you took the picture on is something that you can use to share the picture with your friends and be like hey mom look I'm at the Eiffel Tower it's one of the most like powerful aspects of the iPhone today that has um, made the camera just you know become one of those things where it's like if you want to have your professional picture taken and like a really 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 good quality picture you bring your camera but otherwise you know 99.9% of the time everything's on your phone oh absolutely you know that's a lot of very interesting food for thought I'm going to be thinking about that for all, everything that you said for a while and yeah you know the iPhone really has affected so much of our daily life you know I can think back to like a decade ago where I can remember my parents, my mom and dad would share a cell phone. So it would be, whether it was like a Blackberry flip phone, I think it was actually a flip phone, um, they would share this phone. And now if you ask them, oh yeah, can you guys share this phone? Um, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and so it's just interesting to think about how much our life has changed just like this. And so you were talking a little about how, you know, so many features on the iPhone and other sorts of devices help us avoid face-to-face -face interaction. So while, you know, the internet and everything does make us more connected, it also kind of isolates us in a way. So this is an interesting little parallel. So what, do you, um, what are your thoughts on that? What is your opinion on that? Well, I think that, you know, it's great that, you know, if you have a fleeting thought about, you know, your dream last night, that you don't have to wait until you see your friend, you know, the next morning to tell them that. And it makes it so that you're pretty, I guess, connected to a network of people that you chat with on a daily basis over the phone. But just think about how many people out of all of those that you talk to via text or Snapchat every day, how many do you actually talk to in real life? You know, this form of communication has ironically created a more isolated community than it could possibly imagine, as it's, on, it's often gotten to the point where people are more focused on their phones than actually talking to the people around them. You know, like when you'll see groups of friends just hanging out. Like I was at um, a restaurant the other day and I turned around and there were a bunch of sixth graders who had just gone out from school and they were hanging out at this pizza place, but not a single one was talking to the other one. They were all just on their phones. And, you know, it's the same thing, um, like, 
in family, you know, you don't want to think this, but it's kind of true. Like the stereotypical idea of, you know, teenage kid who's like on their phone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's true. It's a reality. And it's created this artificial form of communication. Like when in reality, a conversation over text will never equate one that's face to face. You know, even when they're crossing the street, many, many don't look up from their screens. It's almost like the iPhone has encased each person in a bubble. Yeah, definitely. That is the the downside to being more interconnected through a device is that you get attached to the device instead of the people that you're with. And I think we've had segments on the radio uh, where we've discussed the impacts of technology on the family, where the entire family is either huddled around a TV screen or huddled together, but all on their phones doing other things. And so you have this huge you know, negative consequence to being more interconnected is that you are tied to your phone as your main mode of connection. And so uh, just before we go here, Chelsea, I just want to know, tying it back to a lighter topic, what is your favorite app on the iPhone? (laughs) I mean, as a 15-year-old, I'd have to admit it's Snapchat. And the reason (laughs) being, um, they recently implemented this feature where you can see the news from many different outlets and it refreshes with like a new feed every single day. And it, they even have live updates for major events. Like for example, when the Vegas shooting happened, every little bit of information released in the media about the shooter was made available to Snapchat users in a matter of hours in a live CNN report. And yeah. this is key in establishing a more informed younger generation because a small minor, a minority of people my age have the time and incentive to actually Google BBC News or CNN. And, um, This app used to just be sending messages in the form of selfies with a caption, but it's evolved into something even greater. Definitely. That's perfect to end it on. You know, we've got this new app that brings news to everybody. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Always great to absorb all of the information that you give us. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Audience, visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Jovan Hundel. Also, please visit our charity site at bethestaryouare.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash bethestaryouare. And we'll be back in the next segment with more on the gift of technology. Show the world your smile Be the star you are If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, we are continuing our fascinating conversation on our theme, the gift of technology. And I'm Jovan Hundle. In this next segment, we've got Express Yourself reporter Katie Chu bringing us a career-geared perspective on technology with her segment, Aim to Shoot. Take it away, Katie. Hi, everyone. Today, for my segment, Aim to Shoot, I'm going to be talking about careers centered on technology. Of course, almost every career honestly has its share of technology involved these days. And with with everything that's been going on and all the technology advancements that we've had over the years, 
every career, every field of study, every type of research really does involve technology in so many different ways. And technology can be, you know, broadened and defined as kind of anything from computers to really machinery and everything that we basically use today. So going into a career, any type of career, or when you're studying for a major or going toward a type of profession, profession, technology is bound to appear somewhere along the path. And it's important that we start learning to use this technology and getting used to it to go toward any career path. So really talking about careers centered around technology, we have these kind of very popular and in the future going to be very successful careers that are considered today, the top 10 technology related careers. And in this list of top 10, we have At number one, computer systems analysts. So computer systems analysts research and design the best technologies to help an organization's overall computer system, such as the hardware, the software, the networks, basically run more efficiently and more effectively. Location-wise, the highest paying jobs for computer systems analysts today can be found actually in California, in the metropolitan areas of San Francisco, San Jose, and related close areas and this is probably because something like computer someone like who works in computer system analysts usually works with organizations and a lot of business trying to help an organization run more efficiently and be able to do their work faster and this can be found in a lot of urban areas where there's a lot of business and a lot of work going on so to become a computer systems analyst the degree of education that you probably want is a bachelor's degree. And while a lot of organizations kind of look for a bachelor's degree in software analysis, (laughs) a degree in computer science also works, or other related degrees are also definitely acceptable to be going into this kind of field and this kind of work because all of it's related. And eventually, you know, I recently heard from a couple high school alumni who came to visit and talk about you know, computer science, they mentioned how once you start kind of getting the basics, everything that you end up using in your career field, you just learn along the way with experience and with the things you end up doing. But yeah, with computer systems analysts, because they work with organizations, a lot of them prefer, a lot of organizations prefer that you do have some kind of experience or education in business administration, and especially with the concentration in information systems. And that's probably why computer systems analysts are considered one of the top 10 technology-related careers today, because it's not just computer science that's involved, but it's a mixture of computer science and business. And that's where you kind of see, you know, businesses and technology interact and, you know, really intersect there. And that's why it's becoming increasingly more prevalent and it's going to be increasingly larger in the future. Now, of course, obviously, computer systems analyst isn't the only technology-related career today, but also software developers are becoming more popular and becoming more demanded in a lot of industries from computer system design to product manufacturing to finance. A lot of organizations and companies are looking for software developers as a lot of them want to try to use technology to fulfill what they're trying to create or what they're trying to put into society. And software developers basically invent the technologies that we use every day. It can range from anything you're just using on the computer, onto your cell phones, and just any kind of software that you might download or you might use. And obviously, a lot of companies want to try to use that to be able to sell a product or, you know, send a message or any for any reason. And that's why the out, the job outlook for this field is actually 19% employment growth between 2014 and 2024, which is a lot faster than the average for most occupations. And in that period, it's expected that about 135,000 jobs will open up. So if you're interested in developing software, you know, if you're a high schooler who is just in love with developing apps right now, then Mm -hmm. definitely it's something to consider. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As I'm I'm currently taking AP Comp Sci, and I know a lot of other kids who are, you know, developing apps and creating softwares and projects just, you know, for fun and for their enjoyment and 
a lot of them do say that they want to become software developers or go into this type of field. And among, you know, our top 10 technology-related careers, other than these two, we have, you know, IT managers who deliver short and long-term visions for a company's needs and goals. And we have web developers who are responsible for creating websites. <laughs> Everything we use has websites. Be The Star You Are has its website. You know, every company, every organization, even clubs have websites. And just creating websites actually is a multi-step process. Yeah. So, yeah, it might seem kind of, it might seem simple or maybe it seems simple, but you have to create the design, write the code. A lot of organizations want to use animation, so mm-hmm. you have to add animation, check for bugs, fix them. And it's just like a multi-step process that you have to keep working on. And that's why web developers are in demand today and a really important addition to organizations. Yeah, you got to get your website to look good. <laughs> <laughs> that way people will come and visit. <laughs> and then... You know, in addition to kind of this direct web developers and system or and software developers, we have, you know, computer network architects who create the data communication networks from expansive cloud infrastructures to smaller intranets. And this is actually kind of really significant today because a lot more companies are starting to use cloud computing, you know, putting their data into the, the cloud and, you know, we have Apple using iCloud, and it's just a lot of organizations trying to put data into on online and creating a huge data data processor, and that really needs the work of a computer network architect, someone who knows how to design and build this. And that's why it's becoming so important, and it has a 9% job outlook from 2014 to 2024, which could result in over 12,000 to 13,000 new jobs over time. Wow. Yeah, and that's you know, that's twelve thousand, thirteen thousand more, you know, jobs, more a lot more people who can get employed, and a lot more ways that we could be working with technology and business. And with all these kind of all these different types of jobs that involve technology, we definitely see an increase in technology in careers, and that's not just with these or these fields, not with just fields directly related to technology. You know, we have it in other fields. For example, people who are interested in biology can still end up working with technology because there are fields like biomedical engineering, where you combine really engineering and technology with medical sciences to create, you know, equipment, devices, computer systems, and software used in, you know, widespread healthcare. And that's still including a huge component of technology while technically working in kind of a biology field. And with teaching especially, I'm sure a lot of students can relate, but for me personally, a lot of my teachers use Google Classroom. We use Turnitin to make sure that, you know, kids aren't cheating. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of teachers use tablets to, you know, show work and show problems. We have online textbooks and a lot of my teachers actually use Remind to send out homework. And I don't know if other school, a lot of other schools use this, but definitely my AP Gov teacher <laughs> sends us Remind <laughs> all the time, at least 10 a day. Homework, do it. <laughs> it's like every day he's sending an update, like every hour on Remind. And, oh, you know, <laughs> it, it's helpful that the um, students and teachers are able to communicate a lot easier because, you know, students are on their phones a lot and we do receive these texts a lot more easily than emails. But <laughs> when you have it like once an hour, it's a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> But there are definitely a lot of advantages of technology today, whether that's accessibility, you know, with your teachers or with your um, customers for businesses, with cooperation and innovation, you know, being able to design on technology, using technology and being able to predict what what kind of results you can expect from this kind of design or this kind of idea. And technology definitely increases one's ability to start a business. I know personally an alumni who started his own business using computer science and being able to just sit at home, looking at a computer, start programming something, and then a couple months later, he had his own business. 
Wow, that is absolutely amazing. And, you know, all of these things that you've listed that we can, you know, all these careers that we can have with technology, that's absolutely, that's a huge list that you you just <laughs> went through. And it, it's good to know that there are a lot of new opportunities out there on the horizon. Uh, well, thank you so much, Katie, for this wonderful conversation. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Audience, during the break, be sure to check out our 501c3 literacy and positive media charity at bethestarur.org. Lots of good web designing there as well. And uh, more information is under a Events, uh, again, at the website at bethestarur.org. And remember, guys, BTSYA has also set up donations for hurricane and fire disaster relief at btsya.org. Please make sure to visit and donate to those in need. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Joven Hundle. Also visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. And when we come back, we'll be continuing our inspiring conversation on the gift of technology. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Joven Hundel, and our program is Express Yourself, and today's hour is all about the gift of technology. And I'm Brigitte Gia. Finishing a fabulous show today is Joven with a World Watch segment on technology. Hi again, Joven. Hello. Um, I'm glad to be bringing World Watch back for such a great theme, especially since I distinctly remember one of my first ever segments on Express Yourself also being about technology. And anyways, <laughs> and anyway, for this edition of World Watch, I wanted to talk a little bit about net neutrality and what that means for all of us. So for those who don't know, the most relevant definition of net neutrality is simply the concept that internet service providers have to treat all data the same. So basically, this means that they can't make some websites load quickly and some other websites load way more slowly. It also means that they can't, that internet service providers can't charge companies money to make their websites visible for others. Or even these internet service providers or ISPs can't charge the consumers themselves, me and you, extra money to view specific websites. Now, what's going on right now here in America is that the Federal Communications Commission is trying to introduce new policies that essentially get rid of net neutrality. Ajit Pai was appointed by President Obama in 2012 to the FCC, and earlier this year, President Trump promoted him to make Pai the head of the FCC. And currently, Pi and the FCC are acting in ways that benefit large corporations and then, you know, harm citizens like you and me. So since the internet is a relatively new phenomenon, it isn't very strictly regulated. And that's part of the reason why net neutrality is an issue right now. There just hasn't been enough discussion on how to regulate the internet. So we run into problems like this now every few years. You know, if you remember back to, I believe, around 2012 area where SOPA and PIPA were such a big deal. And so now we have net neutrality. Um... And so one notable example of net neutrality being infringed upon happened just a few years ago. So Comcast, one of the biggest internet service providers in the United States, started to charge Netflix extra money to continue to allow subscribers of Netflix to access the program. 
Now, Comcast could even do this with websites like Google or Instagram or any other website out there. But what's important to note here is that Comcast owns NBC Universal, which means they have a ton of their own television shows and movies. And so part of the reason they decided to charge Netflix could easily have been just that, you know, maybe they didn't want consumers to access their content through Netflix, and maybe they would have made more money if people went directly to Comcast and its subsidiaries, if they wanted to watch NBC shows like The Office or Parks and Recreation or watch Universal movies like Jurassic Park or The Fast and the Furious. So Netflix at the time, it wasn't as big as a company that you know it is today, but it was still a very big company. So it was able to pay the price Comcast wanted. Obviously, you know they certainly weren't happy about it. However, if for some reason, if, you know, um, they were rightfully angry and refused to pay this extra charge, or maybe if they were a smaller company and couldn't afford it, that means that subscribers of Netflix, people who already pay Netflix, might not have been able to access the website they're already paying for. Mm -hmm. So uh, Comcast later stopped this practice specifically with Netflix after they, you know, faced mounting pressure. And then a few years later, they even signed a deal with Netflix, um, which, you know, was as good as it was going to be for both sides. Uh. Um, But, you know, not as good as it could be for the consumer. But the problem here is for companies who are a lot smaller than Netflix. So for tiny companies, you know, they're not going to be able to pay exorbitant fees to internet service providers so that they can get their product out there. You know, if you think about Netflix when it was just starting out, or even think about something like Google or Facebook, you know, the some of the biggest websites today, or even Amazon, if they um, had to pay these super large prices when they were starting out, you know, they might not have made it. So Amazon, for instance, got big after the uh, dot-com bubble crash bubble popped in the late 90s, early 2000s. So a lot of small websites um, actually went bankrupt at the time. And so at this time, if Amazon, for instance, had to pay all this extra money on top of it already being a very hard economic period for them, who knows, we might not even be able to talk about getting two-day shipping with Amazon Prime today. (laughs) So that's the problem with this um, net neutrality not being a thing then, because if consumers aren't able to get the best product that they can potentially be able to get, then, you know, obviously it's just bad for the consumer. And so this also runs into problems with antitrust laws or anti-monopoly laws. So um, how I was talking a little bit earlier about how Comcast owns NBC Universal, so that they already have a lot of their own television shows and movies. So back to what I was saying about small companies. So if there was a small, you know, movie studio or small television studio starting out, um, Comcast, which owns NBC Universal, could easily just jack up the price so that they could charge me and you a hundred dollars a month to access the small television studio's website. And so we wouldn't be able to see that television show that way. And so then this company, um, they're not ever going to get off the ground. So problems like these, you know, that's why net neutrality is such a bad thing. Exactly. Specifically with small companies, too, they make up the backbone of the American uh, economy. And then in the technological sector, uh, economic sector, they are a huge percentage of you know, the money that comes out of the sector and the money that flows through it and they're a huge percentage of that sector in its makeup in general. And so if we have net neutrality uh, or lack thereof cutting off these small companies, these startups, these, you know, things that are these little corporations that are just getting off their feet, uh, you know, just getting up off the ground, as you said, we see both a cut off of the economy as a whole and specifically a cut off uh, within the technological uh, sector, which is, you know, rapidly growing right now. And we we're starting to see kind of a stunt in growth huh? because all of these startups are being cut off. And then there's also that argument about freedom of speech too, that lack of net neutrality um, disturbs where if you're having all of these larger corporations restrict media and restrict uh, content that gets to consumers, 
are we seeing a cut off of free speech? And yeah, there's all of these issues. I'm so glad that you chose this topic um, in your segment because it's it's so prevalent right now is the usage and sharing of information through technological advances and how are we going to regulate that and what we can do to you know, make sure that corporations don't get up all in there and mess it all up for everybody. And so I want to know real quick, uh, I do have some questions about this because it has come up in the news and it's it's everywhere now. Uh, why can't customers, Jovan, why can't they just, you know, switch to a different internet service provider? Like surely Comcast is not the only one out there? Uh, yeah, so the problem is... Um, Comcast and the other large um, corporations, so what they'll do is they'll kind of divvy up between themselves who gets certain areas of the country. So um, maybe a few companies might get New York, some others might get Los Angeles and the like, so that you'll never really have um, a bunch of options to choose from. So you might see on TV, you know, there's all these commercials for um, different cable companies, different internet companies. Um, and you think that, oh, wow, their prices seem good, but then you look and it's not offered in your area. And it's not that these companies aren't big enough to expand to your area, it's just that they, they want to keep the status quo, and so they divvy up areas for each corporation so that everybody can make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's absolutely awful. And as you said, you know, the consumer is the individual that loses out, and the general mm-hmm. public just... Yeah gets the short end of the deal. Uh, Well, you know, I hope that's resolved and I hope net neutrality uh, remains. Thank you so much, Jovan, for such an intriguing segment. Sadly, it is time to say farewell. Uh, We give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, A-Rod. Thanks to our guests and reporters from around the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Jovan Hundle. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on on our creative community, go to www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our main site at www.bethestarur.org. And until next week, remember, be kind, embrace technology, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself